and I wanted to get into um, helping people in a more natural way. I mean, that's what it really came down to. It came down to, um, you know, a background of pharmaceuticals, including wildcatting, three pharmaceuticals, that, two of which are still being sold today. Uh, you know, in, in the 70s, uh, you know, to, you know, practicing, to doing this, to doing that, to doing all sorts of things, just deciding that that's not cool, you know, that we're really leading people down the wrong road and I want to do something more natural. So my first group of people were the most obvious ones. I was a pretty big young guy and I was always in the gym. So I wanted to, uh, you know, get the seven or eight stacked supplements that bodybuilders were, I mean, stacked uh, steroids that bodybuilders were doing. Uh, I wanted to change it into three or four supplements and get them at least 80 or 90% of the way they could have gotten with the, with the drugs, um, you know, for health reasons and, and, and other things. So that's where I started. And, you know, I, How are you I really, met with in that industry, how did they, when you came in with these, these new types of ideas, how, what was the response? Like, what was the, was uh, the well, I mean, GNC that? laughed in my face when I brought them the original big sports nutrition product. I mean, the original big one uh, that really created sports nutrition product was a product called Smilex Efficient Owls. Okay. And it was manufactured by a company called Pioneer Biosciences, which is one of my brands. There were, I had millions of brands back then, believe me. Um, we were 80% of the stuff you'd walk into GNC. I mean, literally at one time, it was 70% of the things you would walk in in the performance realm and buy from GNC was manufactured um, or I had my hand in one way or the other. Okay, wow. so um, that was literally 70% number. But this this Smilex really emerged as the product and, it, you know, it was a... It's been an interesting, you know, run helping people get better naturally and trying to get people off of off of drugs. And that morphed over time from bodybuilding into weight loss. Um, I've had two multi-billion dollar weight loss products. Uh, you know, the last one actually being a cannabis, um, uh, let's say a cannabis associated product, even though no one knew it was. Right. The product name was, was Sensa. And, you know, if you remember the commercial, shake, 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 and, you know, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. Everybody thought it was, it was super effective. Um, Best-selling weight loss product in the history of mankind. Wow. Super effective. But people didn't realize when you shook it on your food, as you brought your food up to your nose, you were inhaling terpenes. Right. Okay. And that's where the cannabis relationship is. They weren't cannabis terpenes, although they were terpenes found in cannabis. Sure. Um, right. You know, but, but they were derived from nature. Um, but in any event, um, you know, we couldn't talk about terpenes. Nobody wanted to hear it. You couldn't talk about scent controlling emotions or lifestyle behaviors. No one wanted to hear it. So we pretend that it was something you shake on your food and then somehow magically works in your system. <laughs> but it was really working how little people know about olfaction, you know, yeah. and it's, it's surprise. Well, it's not surprising. I had to learn about olfaction. You know, we just think of like smell as smell. You have no idea but the biological responses and what that, what the capacity is. You know, and it, and it's, you know, all through your life, I mean, from conception on, you guys hear me talk about it, you know, yeah, many times right. about the egg find, or the sperm finding the egg due to, um, you know, chemiotaxis, which is basically a scent oriented behavior, um, you know, where the, they're smelling, you know, this and then behaving in a specific reason, um, you know, and it's interesting. So the whole from conception on, we're ruled by smell, uh, probably next to the immune system. Smell is the most complicated area of the body. We know that now as researchers, 
you know, now there's many, many, uh, you know, really high level research projects going on with smell and there has been Nobel prize winners within the field of olfaction. So, I think the biggest thing that I've ever learned in trying to like relearn, you know, smell was that olfactory, you know, our receptors, olfactory receptors are in organs of our body outside of our nose. That right. to me was just like, you know, like right. the liver and a lot of studies yeah. actually showed liver uh, or uh, in, in, in mice uh, in actually working on liver diseases that were metabolism problems. Really cool stuff. Like, now, I truly believe, um, Lois, that that one of the main um, historical takeaways we're going to be from this early era of legalization of cannabis and allowing people to talk about THC and cannabis more openly, et cetera. One of the big takeaways actually is going to be uh, our discussions about terpenes. <laughs> and it probably in the end, it's going to be way more important than to talk about cannabinoids. And I know that sounds like uh, a crazy statement, but if people understood the power of terpenes versus the power of cannabinoids, um, you know, they, they would understand that. I mean, I could, grab uh, not a common orchid, but an orchid that isn't all that uncommon, you know, go into the kitchen and really literally in 10 minutes have something that would intoxicate me way higher than if I had a uh, marijuana bud and went into the kitchen with it. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, you know, and, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, obviously when we're talking about geo prospecting or, or, you know, like nature prospecting or, uh, you know, whatever, there's so many plants out there that haven't even been discovered, <laughs> let alone tested sure. <laughs> that, that have, you know, both miraculous effects and extraordinarily detrimental effects. <laughs> you know, in other cases. So, uh, you know, we don't know the, the beginning. I mean, we, we think that the oceans are unexplored or, or space is unexplored. Guess what? The plant world is almost as unexplored. Um, you know, and that was really where I started in the 80s. And, you know, ingredient after ingredient after ingredient through the 90s. And, and, and yeah, you know, thing after thing after thing getting taken off the market, you know. I mean, you know, you can generate billions of dollars in, in ephedrine sales uh, or and ephedra sales in one day and then be out of business the next because the federal government shuts it off. I mean, we've had that with clenbuterol. You know, you're doing hundreds of millions of dollars in clenbuterol one day and then the government shuts it off. Uh, Andro. I mean, I was the leading guy in Andro forever. You know, when Mark McGuire was on the picture of the New York uh, Daily News pointing to a bottle in his locker of outlaw andro you know that that's why he hit the home runs which of course everybody knew was crazy it was you know juicing his brains out but you know which is now history i mean i'm not telling someone out of school every you know that's a historical fact now um you know he's pointing at the outlaw bottle that was great for me because i owned outlaw <laughs> <laughs> and so everybody wanted outlaw andro he sold hundred thousand bottles in an afternoon um, you know, literally on a Sunday afternoon. So, you know, all these natural ingredients were just ingredients. And after t a time period, I retired because I got tired. Of it. Um, I got tired of getting, you know, products that would work and help people with very, very low to no detrimental side effects, either being taken off the market or being scheduled like Andro. I mean, classifying Andro as an anabolic steroid is about is sensible as is, is classifying me as a uh, you know male dancer 
Okay. All right. That's about as. I think I pay for both. I'm not sure though. It's about as likely, to be honest with you. Okay. So, I, I, you know, and to have suddenly now, if you possess a bottle that was legal on September 27th, but on September 28th it's illegal, and you can go to jail, felony for having a bottle in your refrigerator, and that may seem harsh. That will never happen. No, I know teachers who lost their principal jobs and assistant principal jobs because they ran, um, you know, you'll appreciate this, Gina, more than anybody, because they ran assistant principal in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. All right. Wonderful person. Uh, Tracy um, Mazzagotti. Great, great person. Dedicated to the gyms, everything else. All right. Uh, Literally had a bottle of nutritional supplements in her refrigerator. Okay, and the day after it was legal because she owned um, what do you call it? Like uh, juice stands and gyms. Okay, that was her side business. You know, she sold juice and gyms. Mm -hmm. Uh, They came and raided her home. Oh my god! And found a bottle of what the day before was a legal supplement Mm -hmm. and hit her with felony counts. Now she got. Oh my god! She didn't have to go to jail or anything, of course, but she lost her job teaching school. Um, and now she has a wonderful job because she's a great person. You know what I mean? But again, total and complete idiocy. I got tired. You know, I just yeah. said, you know what? I quit. I'd rather sit on the beach, that. you know, and talk to the seagulls and you know, get to know them, you know, because <laughs> I like them better. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's what happened. But, but then seven years ago, just completely by accident, I was doing a, a favor for a friend. I was asked to sit in on a call for genetics, uh, uh, you know, a genetic call. I'm not a geneticist, but I know my way around genetics a little bit. And I guess this one person who wanted to invest in this company or was thinking of it felt like I knew more about genetics than anybody else he knew. <laughs> so I ended up on the phone call. And what I what I learned two things on that call, I thought it was going to be about a 20-minute call. It ended up to be roughly seven hours. Um I learned two things. Number one, cannabis people in general um, are unreliable, chaotic, disorganized, um, et cetera. Okay, I've learned a lot worse now from being in cannabis. I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying everybody. And you're hearing this from a guy in nutrition. When somebody in nutrition tells you somebody's doing things all wrong, oh boy, you're in real. You know, we got a lot of fixing to do. That's like a shark telling you, "Watch out for that swimming predator over there." <laughs> You're liable to lose a leg. All right, uh, you know. But I learned that about cannabis people. But I also learned something um, about the plant during that conversation. And I'm not going to, uh, you know, overblow what happened next. I literally put a shroud over my head. And for about two or three weeks, I studied everything that I could find, you know, on cannabis, both hemp and, and uh, um, you know, marijuana yeah. and other allied substances, you know, whether it be hops or echinacea or anything. I had already had a deep history in terpenes. So sure. it wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm afraid to study this thing called marijuana. Right. I wasn't a user of marijuana, um, never have been, wasn't a user of hemp. Um, and I'll tell you what, I really got turned on, but it, I, but 
in retrospect, it's easy to look at your life in retrospect. In retrospect, I was turned on by the ingredient. Sure. And what I thought it could do for people. That yeah. was my turn up. Yeah. It wasn't even how much money I could make from it. I was content at that moment. Sure. But I really felt like, wow, this is an ingredient that can really help people. Um, and my God, I just talked to the creme de la creme in the business and I wouldn't, I wouldn't literally, and I'm not be, I'm not an arrogant person. And I'm not being facetious here. I would not have entrusted them to sell Girl Scout cookies for my daughter's troop. Okay. And they're running the largest cannabis yeah. company in the world. That's okay. Universal. Yeah. I was going to say, unfortunately, we have very similar experiences. It's like you don't yeah. want to you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to bring out offense to people in general, you know. But they're I don't care about that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> no. sure you guys do. Well, I'll try not to offend anybody on your show, but I'm oh, way yeah. beyond. Way but when somebody goes in as a CEO, the president of something, like you, those titles come with responsibilities. Yeah, um, business. And if you've ever been on the phone with CEOs of companies like Canopy, and again, this is past, not mm -hmm. present tense, but if you've been on the phone with certain CEOs of many large companies that are in this business, then you quickly realize that your initial impression is true. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, that, right. that wow. these are not extraordinarily gifted individuals. They're a lot of times individuals, and again, nothing wrong with this, but they're individuals who six years before were doing something illegal. Right. And now they're not. And right. that's okay. Right. But it doesn't make them top so, yeah. level businessmen in terms no. of bringing something that's potentially bigger than soft drinks to the world. Well, and, and then the other group are the young kids with great haircuts and super socks, you know, <laughs> and the right shoes that have an MBA, but they wouldn't know business from, you know, their left knee right. if somebody was pounding them. Right. right. So that's kind of cannabis. A group of, and now you have the poachers, people who think that they can come running in and we're going to create, uh, you know, this new technology for processing material and raise $50 million and, and they're lifestyle companies. All of a sudden, those people have a nicer boat and, and new cars and they built a little monument to themselves and, and you know. <laughs> Started and if you don't know any better when you walk through their facility they're virtually and, and we had this happen recently you and i uh, and a person that was on a zoom call and you know when you look at the facility you say to yourself some, a lot of people would say oh that's impressive they got a lot of equipment and like, you know well giant vats are pretty cheap <laughs> you know i mean when you have 45 million putting in a few giant vats are pretty cheap I mean, if you really look at how much value there is into the material, you realize you got maybe a couple million dollars max in, in equipment, yet your balance sheet shows you spent 25. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what yeah. happens in this business a lot. It, it, it happened in the internet business. Everybody's running forward with, oh, new technology on switches for routers and, and, you know, and all those companies were just money grabs. You know, you raise a whole bunch of money saying you have a better, you know, cracker. And then when people actually bite into the cracker, they say, oh, that's stale because somebody else has a newer cracker. Right. Um, 
you know, well, and, and you know, I was so glad you brought that up because we actually talked about well, one of our many podcasts where we talked about you, but we <laughs> talked about you being, you know, one of the first people to pretty much do anything online as far as sales yeah. go. And I, I believe from memory, it was like Toyota. Did you use one of the, no, no, no. What, what happened was uh, I was one of the first 300 commercial domain names, you know, right. Okay. Um, and that was for nutritional supplements actually okay. in, in gyms. It was called at that time it was betterbodies.com. Okay. Um, and that was boy way before anybody ever heard what dot com was. Sure. And I'm I'm not saying I was so smart. I figured out the internet's going to become a big thing. Um, you know, back then there was a question of whether it would ever become a thing. Certainly, mm -hmm. you know, in the early nineties. Right. But I just happened to have somebody who pushed me into it. Okay. <laughs> so they pushed me into the internet, which was you know fortuitous, I guess, for um, you know for both me and the internet. Um, right. I think we brought some new concepts to the internet that hadn't been brought before. So, you know, I, I like that, but it's certainly been beneficial to me also. The, you know, it's really, we were making sales at that point with the telephone, <laughs> you know, wow. like you could, okay. you could see the product online, you know, in a very geometric way in 1994, you know, but we were actually the first many sales we did. I think the first hundred thousand dollars in sales we did online. We had a book on the phone with people looking right. at the computer, you know what I mean? Card and, slips. Yeah. It, <laughs> nice. it's, wow. it, you know, it's, yeah. it's cool history to think back on those days, but you know, yeah, we were the first one. I mean, you know, people didn't really figure out all nutritional supplements were coming out of out of a three town radius in upstate New York. You know what I mean? And people couldn't figure that out. You know, this company was selling price. This company was selling, um, you know, based on customer service and response time. This company was selling based on number of products. Well, you know, one was my parents' address, one was my best friend's address, one was my address, you know what I mean? And they all shipped from the same, yeah. you know, same facility. And we were we really consolidated all the nutrition business um, that was outside AOL when they, you know, before the internet, really, when they started their own little nutrition thing with, with Vitacost. But um, I mean, really, I literally. Kind of built from what you've done in that in that yeah. capacity then, which is really cool achievement. Cool. You know, I mean, it's it's you taking your experience, making it a digital concept, evolving through it, and even to where you are today is, you know, speaks to that for sure. Yeah, well, you know, again, as an ingredient, I do believe cannabinoids and terpenes and and cannabinoids, um, you know, like cannabin A and cannabin B and blah blah blah. Uh, which are probably bigger than either terpenes or cannabinoids, you know, frankly. Um, uh, they, they're just so powerful and crazy that it, it's the place to be. I mean, but I, I had an academic appreciation of it next. In other words, I had an ingredient appreciation of it first and then an academic appreciation of it, which is kind of related to that. And then a marketing appreciation as I started getting involved in the marketing of it and to see what worked and didn't work and how to talk to people and not talk to people and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I've been triple educated, but most importantly, I would say in the last few months, um, I've also become a cannabis user. Yeah. You know what? And I have to tell you, Chuck, <laughs> we've talked about we this. can really tell the difference. Like you're, yeah. You're so much more chill, like laid back, but not not overly chill. Like you're, you know, just high laying around a phone call. Like 
you're you're calmer, but you're happier. You know, you get a little feisty and we get you worked up and it's hysterical. Like <laughs> your personality is just shining, like shining yeah. where, you know, six months ago we got little piece, bits and pieces of that personality. And now yeah. it's up front. It's been hugely true. Are you under homeostasis in the bigger picture, kind of metaphorical way? Well, it, it, it's funny, you know, again, I, I, I was unable to ever get high smoking cannabis. Okay. Ever. Because I didn't try hard enough, I think, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It was like a hit here, a hit here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't, you know, it, it, I believed I, I was incapable of, of getting high, which is true of a group of people. I mean, you know, there's some people who just don't get high smoking. Then um, when I came out to the West Coast, I, you know, I consumed orally cannabis and I, not, not the plant, um, as that wouldn't be intoxicating at all, but, but an edible. And I consumed more than I would have ordinarily. You know, if I'm thinking 10 milligrams is an effective first time dose for somebody, I probably went 30 or 40 because cannabis doesn't really work for me. And, right. and I just wanted to see on that Thanksgiving day when I had nothing to do really, if it was going to work. How well, yeah. I couldn't even I couldn't even eat. I could barely walk. Um, you know, it, it definitely not doing anything. So it definitely affected me. And over about a year's period of time, I used it to be able to sleep more, which is important to me because by nature, I don't my body doesn't want to sleep more than three, three and a half hours a night. And even though as I get older, I technically need less sleep. And eh, you know what? Uh, I'm just not happy in three or three and a half hours anymore. I want five hours or six hours is my ideal. You know, it makes me happy. Yeah. So I was using oral THC to get that sleep because I just go to sleep and not wake up and, right. and, and not be groggy the next day or anything, you know, but still all during maybe a two year period, try a little bit of smoking here and there. We're in a legal state. It's no big deal. It's all around. I don't feel anything, you know, but a few months ago, um, you know, uh, Ari, part of a, part of Arisha, um, mm -hmm. she basically challenged me or herself, <laughs> I guess, to get me high, you know, because she believes that, you know, everybody should have cannabis leaves growing out their ears. And, <laughs> me too, and agree. <laughs> I, I believe that was facetious, you know, in the past, if I had said that, but I actually think that's admirable now. <laughs> that's how much cannabis has affected me in my life. I too, you know, believe that people should have cannabis leaves growing out their ears. Um, you know, so I've become a, a, a using advocate and believe me, uh, I'm not prone to, you know, I know a lot of people, you guys have talked about personal addictions and different things like that. And that's just not me looking for, I mean, if anything addicted me in my life was sugar and I stopped, totally stopped eating it. You know, and that was easy. I, one minute I did, the next minute I didn't, and I still haven't. And you know what? I'm a better person for it. But sure. I don't need to take things that I don't, you know, really. I don't need to do it. I don't need to dye my hair if it's turning gray. I don't care, you know. Right. Let it go gray. I don't need to do cannabis if it wasn't doing anything for me. Um, I believe it's the most important thing I ingest every day without question. Awesome. To me, it's right up there with air, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I honestly don't 
want my day to begin or end without cannabis. Awesome. So, you know, I know you guys don't, don't um, go crazy saying it as much as, as Arisha or some people who, you know, say it about, you know, cannabis being an immersive experience, but that certainly for you guys, it's an immersive experience. Oh, yeah. You live, breathe it, you yeah, use absolutely. it, you yeah. work it, you, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you don't run around saying immersive, 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 like, right. you know, like, like some people do, which is great, but you guys are as immersed in it as anybody. For oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and you understand to speak the language, you need to be able to be immersed in it and learn it. Right. And that's what my big revelation, you know, the aha moment in my life was academically, market-wise, ingredient-wise. That was an important learning experience, but the most important one for me was having that foundation and then becoming a user. And I can understand how it affects me now, why it affects me, how to get it affect to get it affect other people in optimal ways, not just THC. Um, I, I think Delta-8 is a far more important THC molecule than Delta-9. I really do. And not because it's legal and I can make more money. On, that means nothing. There's plenty of other cannabinoids out there that I know are worthless that I won't even tell people about or that I believe are detrimental in some ways that other people now are rushing to sell things that no one maybe listening to your podcast has heard about, but I don't want to say them because I don't think they're necessarily useful for people, but what they'll would, become. What would your argument be in that, in that particular debate? You know, I mean, study them, study them, you right. know, like don't use the old argument of because it's not federally legal, we can't study these things properly. Um, you know, I, you don't need NIH, you know, funded studies to find out if something's going to give you a genetic left turn, you know, when you take it, um, you know, but certainly the field of cannabis doesn't really understand that. I mean, we're running around using solvents for virtually everything, which, you know, anybody, any geneticist, again, I'm not a geneticist, but anybody who took first grade genet, you know, genetics will know that, you know, solvents like that are like razor blades to your DNA. Um, you know, like what the hell are you really doing? You know, with these, well, it's only one billionth of, I know, you know, like razor blades are razor blades. <laughs> okay. I don't want to be swallowing dull ones. Right. Or I don't want to be swallowing old ones. Or I don't want to be swallowing ones that weren't made as well as the other brand. Razor blades are razor blades. Okay. Sure. And when you start using solvents to carve up your DNA, I don't care if it was last year's model. We're doing that with every single item we bring into our life. I don't care how organic it, whatever it is, every single item that we have access to today has a component like that where we're, we're reducing it, but now we're just compounding it. So is it, is it the same result in the end? Right. Well, you know, or, but everything, again, we just lack education, organics. The last place I'm going to go eat vegetables or fruit from is the organic aisle in a supermarket. Okay. That's about as idiotic as, you know, I might as well just, seriously, I might as well just go buy my apples and hand somebody three bucks walking out the door in the parking lot. Being a kid and how, how aggressively our parents taught us to wash fruits and vegetables. And we didn't have organic things like that unless we were growing it ourselves. Right. Or whatever that would have been, but right. we, you know, we have a very habitual way of cleaning our food anyway. So the, the nutrient that because the organic vegetables and fruits get picked so early, 
All right. And you know, the later stages in development is when the nutritional value hits the damn plant. Okay. You know, they're harvesting these non-nutritive fruits <laughs> and saying, well, you don't have to worry. The, the skin doesn't have a pesticide on it. You know what right. I mean? Like why eat it at all? Yeah. You know, why eat it at all? Right. If you don't really seriously think oh, about you're, it, you're making if us it has no nutritive value. You'll have me on NIH later today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just it's silly. You know, it's silly. Now, that's not to say organic in your own garden. You pick it at the right time, it's the best way to go for sure. Yeah. I'm not arguing that we shouldn't do organic things, I'm just arguing we shouldn't pull something off a vine <laughs> two weeks before its due date. You know, I want to. This year, I want to organically make sure 10% of our babies are delivered um, organically, which means you just deliver them at seven months. Okay. You know? Well, that makes sense. You know what I mean? That's not going to screw things up. I get too tainted in there. You know, like, but, but we can do that with vegetables because it's not emotionally impactful. You know what I mean? But you end up with a useless vegetable that's masquerading as a vegetable. And we're going to spend you know, 30 or 40% more <laughs> for something that has no value. You might as well go get a plastic one. Now, unfortunately, I mean, you really start to look at the the definition of natural organic at the, you know, the, the, the FDA, the USDA's ways. It, it, you know, it becomes, okay, so it's good. It's not as great or, you know, I mean, it's. Yeah, I always go back to science. Organic, you know. If you go back to science, it's impossible. What What's. What is natural? Anything containing carbon. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah, good. Know, right? Everything's we natural. stuff, don't we? Yeah. yeah. You know, really I mean, anything carbon is natural, you know, but natural isn't always good. Just right. like, you know, we, we talk about things being pure, you know, as if pure is better. I mean, uh, Lois, Gina, you both use hemp and the hemp sisters obviously know an awful lot about hemp. Um, you know, as much or more than anybody that I would ever talk to for sure. So let, let me ask you a question. Let's just scratch our head for a second. Would you rather have, um, CBD in a full spectrum oil or pure CBD? Full spectrum all day, every day. <laughs> okay. I mean, obviously pure doesn't always mean better. Right. Okay. Now in this particular case, pure isn't even pure. Because when you actually order pure, you end up with 98.7 or 99.2, you yeah. know, and, and if that's Somewhere something isolation else. equated to purity, isolation yeah. of something is now purish. singular. Right. Yeah, purish. And, and I love it. Thank you. Purish. Purish. I'm thinking pure thoughts, which means I'm only thinking one thing. Right. right. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but I'm thinking pure thoughts. Um, you know, I think you know both the good Lord and the devil might have different you know evaluations of, right. of of the you know actual thing I'm thinking about. I don't know, but either way, we have bad words. You know, in my idea, that means pure is a bad word <laughs> because we've come to associate it with something that a isn't necessarily positive and B isn't necessarily even true. Right. Um, you know, so, and, and CBD isolate would be a good example of that. A, it's not necessarily a good thing. I like you would rather have full spectrum, 
B, it's not necessarily even true because there's no such thing as a pure, unless we're growing it right. out of yeast, then we can be pure. Right. All right. But there's not a whole heck of a, that, a lot of that out there yet, you know, but you guys are part of a, a drive to make that happen, as am I. And it's getting closer and closer and closer. Um, then we can talk about pure. Right. And, you know, and but it's still not going to be better. It may be better for medical research that wants to control for things that might even be down to the 0.01% level. And that's important. So, you know, pure in their realm is important. But pure for us as consumers of a product, I would much rather do a full spectrum. Us too. No, yeah. And you really brought up something with the, you know, the the, the, the terpenes and cannabinoids um, being grown from yeast and where where half of this industry thinks that's going to take us, which is like to the pits of hell and the other half of the industry understanding the pathway to medical legitimacy because of how science look, run studies. Look, they need I'm, to do that effectively. You know, I'm sorry to say this, but a lot of people are fakers in the sense of in the cannabis world. But let's give a couple of examples. All right. Here's the most uh, incredible one to me, you know, that, people who have been being persecuted their whole lives. And, and I have respect for people who were dodging the Blackhawk helicopters so that they could grow marijuana under canopies and this and the other thing. I'm not being disingenuous when I say I respect their battle and struggle to bring this plant forward. I truly do. Um, you know, I'm not going to go so far as to say they're heroes, you know, right. but I, I, I certainly respect their journey and what they did. I mean, from from a number of perspectives, I really wouldn't have wanted to be them because right. that's just not who I am. I don't want helicopters chasing me around. Right. But but I respect where they came from. Those very same people who fought what I consider the good fight that that did incredible things. Now they're sitting in the state of Oregon saying, regulate Delta 8. It can't be right. out in the marketplace. Yeah, you know what I mean? Holy like how horrifying is that? Right. I mean, say for fought for cannabis legislation. Oh, well, wait a minute. Delta 8 can be bought by anybody. And therefore, it's bad for you. Yeah, oh, like that's almost the epitome of hypocrisy. Like, holy. Absolutely. And unfortunately, See, I mean, that's what we've been over the last few years with just cannabis versus hemp, you know, high THC versus low THC and the travesty that unfolds with people, you know, that are, are, are have making arguments for both and the, the poo-poo of one. You know, Gina and I don't ever poo-poo THC, but you could imagine a day that looks like that people are trying to poo-poo you know what? What's at our fingertips now? Well, yeah, what they they try and compare hemp to like you know backyard garbage, and cannabis is the epitome of everything that is holy, and it's it, all that does is confuse everybody. We're trying to teach about this, right? Absolutely, and and that's our main problem in this field is is uh, people to people education. Ooh. I mean, we know enough now as you know, call it whatever, experienced uh, people in cannabis. Um, you know, practical scholars, I would say at this point, you yeah. guys would be considered practical scholars of cannabis. Um, you know, there is no universities to graduate from except life. And you guys, I'm certain, uh, received many, many advanced degrees <laughs> in, in uh, use and academic, everything else. Um, much you know, in, in your 
in your education. Well, one of uh, so, so you, like me, uh, we're truly scholars of cannabis at this point. I mean, I, I truly feel that way about you and about myself. You know, as scholars of cannabis, we know enough right now. We don't need to know 100% to educate people who are making basic mistakes about Delta 8 versus Delta 9 or THC versus CBD or, or isolate versus full spectrum. I mean, those are the most rudimentary things, you know. You don't need to teach, um, you know, a young child who wants to sing with you, all right, in the shower. You don't need to teach them how to hit the high notes that Beyonce hits right, before yeah. you allow them to sing with you in the shower. Right. Okay. And, and that's what we don't need to know everything in the world about cannabis to begin educating people properly. Absolutely. The fact that new things are being found out every day are wonderful. It may refine how we teach people or what we teach people by learning new things, but we can't be afraid to go forward and teach them what we know is true from scholarly work that's being done and research work that's being done and practical scholarly stuff that we've seen, uh, you know, in so many different ways. We can't be afraid to go forward and teach people. And we certainly can't be hypocritical and say, no, you can't take this because of that, you know? Right. No, if something works even better than cannabis or works as an adjunct to cannabis or what, we have a responsibility it. to talk yeah. about it and let people make informed decisions for themselves. Yeah. I don't want them something. taking Delta yeah. 8 more than Delta 9 because I believe it's better for you and I believe you get a better reaction from it. I don't want them doing it for that. I want them to have the facts and go experiment for themselves. Right. And I know, hey, 40 or 50% are going to say, no, you know, you're wrong. I like Delta 9 better. But at least now you know for yourself. Right. And I applaud that decision because it's I mean, an important identified something else that was similar to compare to, to have a comparison about. Gina opened up a floodgate of like, oh my gosh, you're right. Over the last, you know, few weeks while she was posting just about hemp seeds, hemp protein. And it was like an awakening to us because it's so part of our, we've evolved so far past that, that of how far much of the world is left behind in this, this general knowledge um, and just a huge reaction. I mean, this probably the most, I mean, for the protein posts and stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, just thousands and thousands of yeah, views. Crazy. I mean, this post to us is just a little, you know, little blog telling yeah. you a little something about, you know, some nutrition facts and I, you know, turn it into a post and, I mean, I'm talking a hundred messages but, like, oh my God, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's we, beautiful. We forgot about that whole lane of things because we've evolved from it. And, you know, it's really, we it's need to go back. We so need to go back. Sometimes the simplest yeah. things form a basis for continued and better informed education. Let me tell you real quick, one of the most intelligent things I've ever heard in my life was actually watching Jeopardy many years ago. And they had a high school tournament. And, you know, Alex Trepec at the time, he would stop and ask, you know, you know, people just a little question about themselves or something yeah. like that. And there was a particular gifted young male high school student who might have been 13 or 14 years old. And he was a very intelligent kid who had a lot of the answers <laughs> and wow. obviously was a trivia freak, but very well-rounded. And he wasn't a weird kid or anything, but, you know, he, he also didn't look like he was going to be the starting quarterback on the team. You know what I mean? If you get my drift. Well, and, and Alex said to him, you know, did you have you had trouble 
you know, in school with your classmates because you obviously have a lot of different information going through your head than than the average, you know, kid out there would be. He said, you know, like what really motivates you to be that person? I mean, that was a, that's a paraphrase, you know. Yeah. And the kid said that one of the most intelligent things I ever heard. He said, you know, I believe that my life is going to be full of decisions that should be intelligent and informed. And if I don't have facts, how can I make intelligent, informed decisions? So I'm acquiring as many facts as I can right now so that in the future I can make better, more informed decisions. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, not only is this kid head of full, you know, full of trivia, but he also is one of the best, most practical thinkers I've heard. And he's 13 or 14 years old. And that's what we need to learn from. That kid taught us all we need to know about cannabis education right now. Just do it. Okay. Yeah. You know, to to rephrase Nike, just do it. All right. And so we have that. a couple of things that as long as we don't do what the medical profession does. I mean, you guys might be interested in this. Two weeks ago, I learned a really, you know, like every day is something new, you know, sure. Evan, this is good for you. No, it's not. Uh, high sugars. No, it's not. Fat. Oh, no, it's not. You know, I mean, everything gets turned over. Cholesterol is good for you. No, it's bad for you. No, it's good for you. No, there's good and bad. No, this bad is really good. I mean, you know, it's, it's all it's all BS predicated nonsense. And if you saw through it, you would you would see it. But I, I, I even learned something that I never imagined learning two weeks ago that was put out by reputable medical professionals. They say, lo and behold, we just figured out being overweight or abuse isn't bad for your health. Oh, boy. Now, you can hear a pin drop in my cranium when they said that. Okay. But that literally, you know, like I get it. Eggs are good for you. No, they're not. Oh, yes, they are. No, they're not. You know, flip-flop on cantaloupe, on eggs, on everything under the sun, you know. But being overweight and obese is good for you? The anomalies that genetically would, that have, you know, some people genetically will not have the same complications of some, you know, I mean, that's how oh, Absolutely. Genetics rule. The anomalies the of that do not add up to make that kind of a statement. No, no it was, it <laughs> was ridiculous. They, they basically said... No, no don't worry about it anymore. Don't worry about being overweight anymore. Yeah, um, you know, like it's okay for you. I mean, that's literally what it said. And I'm like, wow, I, I just learned something new. But again, if we can avoid that kind of stuff within cannabis as we teach people, yeah, right. there's some times where we may have to backtrack on something and say, you know, we didn't know enough that it really shouldn't have been 25 milligrams. It should have been 40 milligrams or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. or this is better than that. Or that, like right now, there's the big thing about CBC. They don't have any idea what CBC really does. It's supposed to be this huge potentiator and people just come up with something out of their fantasy. Yeah. If this has CBC in it, take my CBC product and your THC will become 10 times more potent. Just simply saying that doesn't make it true. What makes it true is when 30 other people repeat it thinking it's a fact and then everybody thinks it's true. It still doesn't yep. make it true, but it makes it practically true because everybody thinks it's true. Um, well, if we can avoid that kind of stuff in, in educating people in the future, we're good. You know what I mean? We don't need to know it all. 
We don't need to be in the year 2040 when rather than 35,000 studies in cannabis being done, there's 135,000 studies. No, we don't need that level. You know, we can start educating now with the basics and that's all people really need. They don't need to know the complexity behind receptor system. I mean, you don't need to know that. With the seed and understand once you, it's just like anything, once you make a connection to an idea about plants, you know, there is all the new information that comes your way is more readily acceptable. You already have some base understanding and then you just see how something has grown, you know, like, oh, well that plant that I have on my breakfast also comes in this form. And I'd like to learn about that. And it's very simple for most I of mean, the people. Yeah. If you have a bacterial infection and let's say a sore throat from your bacterial infection, you don't care why that z pack or that antibiotic works you don't want a full explanation of you just want to you want to get it and put it in your mouth right. you know because it works right if cannabis really works it's really that simple folks we don't have to make up stories right if you give the person the right product for what they need with the right instructions and the right expectations right all right you don't need a bunch of razzle dazzle to prove it works. This isn't a pet rock that you've got to dress up, okay? You know, to be something important. Want to. If cannabis works, let it do its job. Don't right. make up a bunch of stories about it. It's as easy as an antibiotic for strep throat, okay? I got to get rid of this strep throat. Give me the darn pill. Don't give me a lecture. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm bacteria in my immune system before I take this. I just want to take this. I think right? and, that and is cannabis is really that simple. No authority, like how in your example, like there's really no authority that people are inherently trusting, right? They take the right. medication because it's ran through their doctor. The doc there's a process for all of these things and not having these things in oversight really, you know, a normal person, like Gina and I, like, you know, took away the authority of what a, a white lab coat looks like a decade ago. You know, what that makes us feel like when we see somebody of authority in a white lab coat, where we go in our brains, you know, but another person, you know, we have family members, even that, you know, they're, you're stuck in this method of how you make good decisions. And if somebody's of authority to you and they've already made that decision, you're more comfortable with not even challenging it, you know, and then here, unfortunately, as you explained, we have a lot of people that are in leadership roles that don't really have the kind of characteristics where you'd want to put those kind of decisions in their, in their hands. Right. So it's really, um, you know, those talks and things and exposing some of that thing, keeping it simple is a beautiful suggestion. Yes. You know, we don't want to yeah, be. Just, it's just straightforward. Sadly, okay, if you don't appreciate sargassum, you're not going to understand this. I speak Sadly, we have cannabis has no WHO, no <laughs> CDC, no Presidential Health Advisory Council, no Fauci's, no, uh, uh, sadly. Cannabis right. has none of those authority, and no FDA, by the way. No. Um, sadly, I just like that thirteen-year-old babysitter that you hire. Like, and when you really piss them off, they they say something. <laughs> you know, it's it's like sadly, cannabis has none of those to protect us from misinformation. Um, you know, so we have to do it ourselves. Are you? Geez, I wonder if we're up to an equal task that we've just gone through over the last year. Are you? Uh, yeah, I think. Both <laughs> the Facebook facts checkers. Go get your <laughs> Go out into your neighborhood and get five or six of the neighborhood kids and sit them down 
and they will make more intelligent decisions about that or about cannabis than you're going to get out of a lot of the people who are in charge of thinking about this right now. And that's sad, but true. But if we know that, then we can be on the lookout for the people who are trying to make cannabis into something bigger than it is. Right. All right. You don't need to. All right. Cannabis isn't a Swiss army pocket knife, you know, where it can do 97 different things. You know, that's not what cannabis is trying to do. All right. And it can do more than 97 things. All right. If you really use it properly, but it's it's really not meant to be a, a cure all for everything. And, you know, like you can't drive to work on your Swiss Army. knife. Right? <laughs> so there's no reason to sell a Swiss Army knife telling people you'll get more uh, miles per gallon right. to it than anything else. That would sound absurd and ridiculous. In cannabis, that's what we do. You know, we're, we're saying, whoa, this is a substance that does this, that, the other thing. And, you know, yeah, I accidentally spilled it on my head and I grew a full head of hair, you know? Like they're making up stories that aren't true to sell something that doesn't need to be sold. It needs to be showcased. Right. First, allowed. Thank you. Certain states. First, allowed, but then showcased. Yes. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, just showcase it. How do you showcase it? You know, you put the right light on it. <laughs> you know, you bring the right number of people past it. Mm -hmm. um, you present it as what it is. Right. You right. know, the Mona Lisa doesn't need hype. Right. All right. No. The Mona Lisa no. doesn't no. need to cure arthritis for you to go see the painting. Right. So. And if you did say that, if there was an article tomorrow in the New York Times saying, you know, 50 people passed the Mona Lisa today and their arthritis went away, <laughs> you should be suspect of the article. All right. The Mona Lisa doesn't need to fix arthritis to right. get its followers. Right. Cannabis doesn't need miracle status to get its followers. All right. Right. We don't have to do that. So people, please stop. Um, you know, it makes us look like idiots. Yeah. You know, it really does. It, it has a very large level of distrust because what's, what actually happens when, once you go to that next tier of that is I'm saying one thing about the plant, you're saying the same thing about the plant, but we're each selling products and now we're attacking each other based on the quality of it, the, the branding or whatever it might be. Um, and again, very aggressively, you can really lose the message. You know, you, you feel like you're doing good. You're grassrooting this. This is powerful messaging. Um, our group has this many people and we all feel the same way. Yeah, that's a great thing. What are you going to do with that? Right. You know, what's your responsibility to do with that? And that's that's to not, you know, capitalize on your efforts uh, and keep, you know, keep things moving forward. You know, stop putting wrenches in the freaking gear here where, you know, a lot of people's lives are at stake when you do that because right. people depend on this plan for multiple, you know, medical reasons. Right. We have people's, you know, criminality status dependent on it. We, you know, just like zip. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Zip. And you guys are, you know, that's why I love what you're doing as advocates. You know, I, I, I don't have the personality, I think, to do what you do um, because I'm not always friendly and, and <laughs> warm and fuzzy, as you know. Um, you know, but I 
believe in what you do and I support it a thousand percent. And I think that, you know, fortunately, at least the, you know, some of the sharper haircuts and nice socks guys with their MBAs now are getting, you know, the shiny object is crypto instead of cannabis. So they're running after crypto, you know, so we're losing some of those, you know, wonderful business professionals involved in this field. And in, you know, hopefully people like you go into the vacuum left by them, which right. was really a vacuum, you know, to right. begin with. They have their, their message and I love the throwback stuff. I mean, I'm a throwback guy. I would love to reinvent the seventies again with cannabis, only do it the right way. And all the colors and flowers and peace and love and happiness. And, and, you know, really who knew carpets I want, (laughs) you know, they're bringing back the Volkswagen beetle in bus there. You know what I mean? Like, like 50 years ago, reborn. It's wonderful. I'm, I'm not this progressive guy that doesn't want to be in those. I lived in it. You know, I mean, I love it. And, and the kids in the neighborhood, Neighborhood who became, you know, like doobie rollers and everything where I went a different direction. They, they, you know, I don't know that they're better suited to, to educate and, and help people in cannabis than we are. I would say we are, Um, you know, but they, they did their thing. You know, they, they passed the ball to the next generation and the next generation. And now we find ourselves in the great position, I think, of being able to inform people about things where they're not worried about, oh my God, you said weed, I'm going to go to jail. You know, right. like you say weed in a coffee house and in your wrong coffee house, you're ducking. Right. You know, like because people are, don't bring the police in here. You know what I mean? Like we don't, we don't live in that environment and that's cool. So we have an opportunity to do things, but you guys are the torch carriers for it because you. you've been around it longer than everybody. All right. <laughs> Longer than I, you know, fortunately, yeah. because <laughs> good for you that it wasn't I've worked in my whole life. Um, I like how all of our spells mesh, you know, um, and it formed this like beautiful, like two year relationship of which for me, I felt like it was like a soul connection, like our dad shining and gifting you into our lives. Yeah, you know, it was, it, it, but, you know, two years doesn't seem that long. But I, I mean, it, I, I would think within those two years. There's probably very few days that we haven't communicated, texts that are written to each other right. at least a half dozen times right. during that day. Um, you know, so last time. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I think you know, in a normal business relationship, this might be like 45 years. You're right. It feels. You know what I mean? Because it's been a more involved and intense in terms of the communication. You know, right. so and and you know, and that's nice. Um, you know, because you get. You don't have to take forever to learn things. And again, right. my point exactly, you know, move on with what we believe in. You know, we've seen enough with each other. We've seen enough with cannabis. We know what, you know, you don't have to give me magical powers and make me fly from building to building. I know what I know. I mean, and I'm the quickest one. If, if your toaster breaks, don't call Chuck. You know that. You know what I mean, if, you're, if, if your car isn't going to go in the morning, you know, what's my, better buy another one. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not the guy. You know, but I, I know what I know. I don't need magical powers. If somebody wants to know something, I'm it's very easy for me because I say it more than I, I don't. I don't know. You know, 
Um, I say I don't know a lot because I don't know. But when when it comes to this, like cannabis and terpenes and different things like that, I don't know doesn't come up as often as it would with mechanics, <laughs> you know, or or electrical engineering or something like that. Um, I would be a lot more clueless, you know. But, but your name I, is I science in our little thing here. But you do have medical degrees, you know. <laughs> Just to inform everybody, what yeah. is your medical? I went to I went to too many schools and had too many degrees over the years. Believe me, certainly to do what I'm doing right now, which is uh, tell people about weed. Right? <laughs> um, you know, that's the funny. That's the cosmic joke. You know, I went to school at beyond college. Let me say I went to school <laughs> seven years and then two more technical years of like fellowship type of stuff. Um, but nine years, really, when you beyond college. So that I could tell people weed is good for you. <laughs> kind of a cosmic joke, right? I mean, I, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people right now smoking some weed, watching Scooby Doo, laughing, saying, "Now oh, that dude, look at he's that old, and he went through that many years to know what we knew when we were fourteen. That's good, you know what I mean?" But. <laughs> okay, my journey was a little bit different. But you're able but, to, you know, the coolest thing about you is like you're able to translate the science in a layman way. Yeah. Um, I struggle that Gina's really good at that too, you know, I, I, breaking things down for like easy comprehension. And I'm just, you know, thesis like about stuff. <laughs> you are thesis like about stuff, but you do it with, you know, you don't got to use the big words to get people to understand something. Right. It's, it's, talk to people. Yeah. It's yeah. super brilliant. Like, and I don't know if that's just from you being a doctor, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. knowing the big words probably. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough to practice it. You can't lose it. Right. It's like Spanish or any other language. I'm a smart guy with my vocabulary. So. Yeah. Right. Um, before we let you go, Chuck, if you don't mind, we both came up with five <laughs> quick, rapid fire questions for Chuck Science. Do yeah. you mind if we throw some stuff at you here? Sure. They may or may not have anything to do with what we've talked about. They really don't. They're so random. That's cool. That's All the right. way my brain works. So, you know. All right. All right. We'll go low, we'll go first, and we'll just go back and forth. All right, and you know, the rapid fire, 30 seconds or less answer. You don't got it. Well, you can do whatever you want. This is your rodeo. But. Yeah, let's not forget the ear. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> all right, let's start. I'm not going to do the student ones first. All right, we, uh, all right, who's been the biggest influence in your life and why? Um, my father, I'm sure, uh, because he was a Renaissance man that could do anything, you know, literally from, you know, science to humanity to whatever, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to be a fan of your parents, I think. <laughs> um, but you know, sometimes it's, I love my mother dearly. She was a yeah. great woman, yeah. but my father was my influence. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom. You, know, um, you tell us yeah, yeah. some great stories about, you know, remembering when you were a young child watching. It's just Renaissance, his ability and, to spin yeah. lace and build a six, you know, 6,500 square foot home and bend metal and blow glass and do electronics. And I mean, you know, just then science and nuclear, I could do anything. Wow. You know, it was just unbelievable. Growing up with that had to be an influence. It really right. humbled me that seriously. I think I would be, um, un, no one could deal with me if I didn't have the humility of growing up with him when I could do one, <laughs> one hundredth of what he could do, literally. Yeah. But it was amazing. Awesome. Very yeah, cool. Very cool. All right, uh, mine. What's the most spontaneous thing you have done this month? Spontaneous thing I've done this month. Um, I would say, you know, oddly enough, um, I I took a snow day. Oh my gosh! 
in, yeah. in Nevada? <laughs> that was a, yeah, it was a very spontaneous thing to do in the desert to take a snow day. But you know, I saw the Midwest. I saw you guys were suffering from uh, oh, yeah. you know from a lot of snow. If you remember, you know, back then about three weeks ago, you guys had this major thing, and it was a regular weekday. <laughs> and I just decided to call a snow day, and we didn't go into work. <laughs> I um, love that. <laughs> and it's it was really in in appreciation of not uh you know being there really sorry right. to say. um but I said you know what let's lay in the sun oh, on our well, snow day. Inspired you guys. You know and but but it was really motivated by the Wisconsin and Midwest weather. So that was my spot. <laughs> I love awesome. it. I love it. Because believe me seriously in my life I mean when 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 Sadie Shaw and Marisha when, when Shaw and I first first met 16 years ago I, she told me she wanted to go to work, um, you know, really go to work. And, and I told her as we got going, someday you may see a Sunday, but it's not going to be for a while. So <laughs> spontaneous days off were not in our plan. I mean, right. when we got married, we worked the morning. We went down to the beach and got married. We took the morning off of the following day. We were back to work in the afternoon. Didn't even take a honeymoon. We worked for, uh, we worked half those two days that we had our, our, marriage um, is this when you discovered wow. the nine hour work day um <laughs> no, that, 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 <laughs> no it was actually an eight day week um oh, yeah. okay. oh the eight day week yeah, yeah, yeah. the eight day oh, week well, was together. way more effective in my life um but okay. but you know th those kind of things you know are, are spontaneous when you have a history of never taking a day off even sunday and you suddenly say in the middle of nowhere oh let's take a Snow day. Oh, That's it. cannabis speaking. Yeah. I love it. Fantastic. Love it. We love and you know what? Yeah. I didn't lose a step. <laughs> My business didn't end. My life exactly. didn't stop. No, I took you a day off. do that sometimes, you know? Like, yeah. just I don't know. Group. My My just eight times that day. Having it. So it was a true day off. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay. I'm up, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. What's the grossest sounding English word to you, Chuck? Oh, the grossest sounding English yeah. word. <laughs> hmm. Wow. Um. wow. Yeah, I'm way out of left field, as you know, in general. But I actually had that one in my head. I have oh, one, yeah. so it made sense that everybody have one. You guys wow. I, you know what? I think you stumped me. <laughs> Gross yeah. word. I'm sure when we get off here, I'll think about 30 of them, but. Yeah, you're going to text us. Do you have one? No, not at all. Mine's moist. Moist wow. is the grossest sounding English word. Moist. Okay. <laughs> moist. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. All right. <laughs> all right, I'm going to move along. To yeah, you got me here. I'll pretend I didn't hear that question. Yeah, right. I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> what currently inspires you the most? Um, actually, truthfully, the cannabis plant. Awesome. Yeah. It's really, absolutely, and that's not a setup for this, <laughs> this no, podcast. Not, but yeah. the, the cannabis plant, I'm living the cannabis plant right now. I, I really am on a, on a everyday basis. Yeah. I wake up with cannabis, I go to sleep with cannabis. I work extraordinarily effectively all day long, but I work with cannabis. And I don't mean alongside it. I don't mean marketing. I mean using it as well. 
Yes. All right. Um, and and fortunately, D eight allows me to do that as yep. compared to D nine, which might you know you'd be catching me curled up in my chair asleep maybe. Um, <laughs> you know. So, but on D nine, you don't have that. You have creativity and you have focus and you have this. But I mean, right now, absolutely, positively. Um, and and I'm not afraid to admit it. Am I quote unquote high? Absolutely. Me too. Um, and you know what? I don't have to drive home. So I'm not a hazard. Uh, you know, heavy machinery. I'm not making decisions to save the world. Uh, you know, I'm pretty good at being high right now. You know, and uh, and it's more enjoyable and it, it doesn't doesn't knock down on my ability to do things. So uh, yeah, the more I learn about this plant now from a user standpoint, and the more we're investigating how it works with other things, you know, in that bioprospecting sense, like we're mixing it with African alkaloids, mm -hmm. turn me from 65 to 15, you know what I mean? In certain ways, all right, in certain yeah. areas. Um, those kind of things are inspiring. Yeah. I mean, I want the world to know about this. I want every 60 year old guy plus to feel like they're 17 again. Hell That's yeah. inspiring. Well, you know, we just did an article about it because the 60 plus uh, demographic is the fastest growing cannabis segment. Um, and that's U.S. and Canada. So they've been really putting a lot of studies. I mean, it was it, from like the legalization of in Canada over the last two years, it's literally rose like almost 20% from where it was. Um, and, you know, again, exciting things, pain, life experiences, you know what I mean? Uh, just generalities, even like day to day, losing anxiety. You know, as we get older, like we start to compound ourselves with so much extra stress. Have we done enough with our life? Have we, you know, what's going on with our kids? Like it's like, you know, um, yeah. yeah I'm going like, to call, you know. call cannabis geriatric medicine for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I, I really do believe that. But again, folks. Uh, again, because it yeah. inspires me, especially in this age group, but really in any age group, it, because it yeah. inspires me in this age group, doesn't mean that I don't have sore fingers, you know, or yeah. I'm not a little achy in my joints when I go to get up. It hasn't solved every problem I have in the world, it, but it has solved a lot of problems. And guess what? My my crooked little finger here due to age or something like that isn't keeping me awake at night and certainly isn't making me feel bad anymore, you know, because right. truly I just don't give a dog darn, darn anymore, you know? No, right. And yeah. and I really don't think yeah. cannabis has negatively affected me unless there really isn't a dog in Gina's lap, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm too intoxicated to be doing this interview, I guarantee. No, that that's yeah, our, that's our psilocybin episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were the mushrooms in there coming our ways. Um, would you rather regret doing something or never doing that thing? Oh, that's absolutely. I would rather have done it and said to myself, oh, damn, why'd you do that? <laughs> than, than not doing it for sure. I mean, if I've learned any lesson through, <laughs> through my battle years is that I definitely wouldn't want to be saying, geez, I wish I had done. No, I'm much happier saying, why the hell did I ever do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever it was. Yeah. Way better than, damn, I wish I had done that. You know, if I was that guy that was chewing the gum 
and never offered the piece of gum to the girl next to me on the bus who ended up becoming my wife and mother of children and right. grandkids. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be that guy that doesn't offer the gum. You know what I mean? Right. I want I want to have done it. And if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. Great. Yeah. You know, if it burnt me in the ass, it burnt me in the ass. We all get burned in the ass. Yeah. You know, like failure isn't a big deal to me. I mean, you know, everybody's going to fail. <laughs> if you're you not don't. Failing, you're not trying. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you fail from the, you know, after you start walking, you begin failing. You know, you fall down on your ass. You're failing all the time. Right. The rest of your whole life. But a kid doesn't care. They're going to get up and run even when they can't crawl good. You know, and they're going to go head over tea kettle. But that's okay when you're a kid. It's even okay as parents for us to say, oh, look at, you know, Susie just did nine rotations trying to walk. You know what I mean? Um, you know, that's okay. You want to get filmed with that, you know, and show yeah. her. How to eat. Yeah. You know, but then all of a sudden when Susie's 13, you don't want her to act like that anymore. You don't want her to run before, you know, and when Susie's 30, oh my Lord, yeah. you know what I mean? She better not do it. She can't even spin in front of a building or people think she's crazy. Mm. All right. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and, and Sadie pointed that out to me the other day. She said, it's too bad, you know, that like there's a little uh, a little girl, maybe three years old, standing in front of a building. And she was with her mom and, and dad, maybe. So, you know, whatever, older people. And she spun around in a circle out of happiness. Yeah. And everybody else was sitting there looking glum. <laughs> and okay. Sadie said, you know, <laughs> it, it's too bad that we can't do that as adults and not appear to be unbalanced or crazy. You know right. what I mean? Like it's right. sometimes you just want to spin around in a circle. Yeah. And that's what I love about you guys because kind of in your own way, that's what you're doing. Yeah. You're spinning in your own circle, you know, yeah. like a stadium and Ariel. They're spinning in their own circle. And yeah. if people don't like it, if they don't understand it, well, get to know it. If you still don't like it, okay. That's okay, right? You know, no, because there are people that are standing yeah, okay. around that are actually watching that show. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Watching that all go through. And again, we're we're connecting in, in unique ways, in so many different ways. You know, and that's kind of what that is. It's if you can stay true to who you are, like you said, if you're the person that's spinning around circles all day dancing, you're going to attract people that like that. Yeah. And they're going to stick around with you and support you and move you forward. And other ones are going to deflect off into the universe where they belong. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, no, that's far, the biggest far thing away. about. Yeah. I mean, you know, the reality is the reality is when it comes to people missing things psychologically, the number one thing they they believe they missed in their life is love. Yeah. You know, they always believe that love should have been bigger. And that, and the second thing was working for themselves, which is really weird. Um, you know, but I don't think everybody's cut out to truly love because people are too into themselves and this, that, and the other thing. And they're too jealous and they're too this and they're too that. It's right. hard to love. Everybody thinks it's a God-given um, you know, right or talent to love. No, you have to learn how to love and you have to work at it actively. And I think we all go into loving relationships without really understanding what that means. So, you know, yeah, I, I get the fact that we have regrets over that because we never learned how to do it in the first place and we miss it. And then not working for ourselves is another, the regret isn't I went to work for myself. I didn't stay with my job. <laughs> That's not the regret. The regret is I didn't go to work for myself. But if people did, it might turn out as badly in their mind as the relationship thing did because they're not really entrepreneurial. They're right. not really, you know, most people couldn't do what you guys do. There's no way. No. You know, checked out a long time ago. Train, your head down, no. don't rock the boat, go to work. They can't be entrepreneurial. They're going to be like, where's my benefits, you know, from the state? 
you know, where's this, where's that, you know what I mean? Like there's no, you know, so you guys are the epitome as I am of somebody whose regrets are going to be, uh, you know, aren't, uh, they don't want any regrets on what they do. Right. They have an, they have a expectation of what the results always are when they take risks and they always end up being negative where that can really stop people from doing things where sure. we, we know that it can go either way, but if you don't do it, you're never going to know, right? <laughs> you know, much more better prop to deal with the bad outcome yeah. than to the, the regret part of no it for outcome. sure. <laughs> for right. No outcome. All right. I have a fun one. <clears throat> what song do you like to sing in your car? Like a pro? What do you just <laughs> go nuts when you hear? Just belt oh, it out. I, I actually, believe it or not, my favorite song to sing is push up. Yes. Oh, and I'm, not, I'm not pandering. <laughs> by saying that because it's her song but that is my favorite song because you know i love to push up yeah you know yeah. like I, I just i'm not a music guy i'm really not i don't words and tunes don't make sense together in my brain for whatever oh, reason yeah. but that one does you know it's oh, like it's yeah. just like uh, so yeah, push so up. Yeah. and well, if you guys well haven't heard of push up go to manic stone expulsion <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it starts off this episode and it's going to end in that song and it's on my desk. I think it's written right here on my forehead. <laughs> but that is actually my favorite song. I love awesome. it. Oh, I love it. Um, okay, we're doing fun ones. Let's see here. Oh, okay. Um, what would be the title of a book about your life? Hmm, I think... Uh, I'm gonna to go to Frank Sinatra here. <laughs> All right. And I'll even sing it. All right. Yes. I did it my way. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think oh, that's so where do you moonlight in Vegas with your Sinatra? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do a residency here at Vegas. <laughs> no. Big hotel, I promise you. No, but I think I did it my way is is probably the name of the book because yeah. I I know that. I did do it my way. Everybody right. told me you can't do this at this age, or you can't, um, you know, do the internet, or you can't, you know, sell supplements in gyms, or you can't. You know, I mean, no matter what it was, you can't connect every computer on earth, or you can't go up against the RIAA, or you can't go blah 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 blah. And you know, I did it all the time. Yeah. You know? uh, and you know, I didn't always win. You know what I mean? Like. You're not able to go into a store and buy a Fedra or Andro today. You know, I didn't always win, but I know one thing. I did do it my way. Yeah. I also did it intelligently. When the Fed said stop selling it, I did. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, so I'm not saying I my way was just to avoid, you know, everything and do it whatever I, I please. No, it was it was predicated on good common sense, on the principles of every man, but really not accepting the limitations of the world not saying hey uh you know you can't you can't um study at the college level at 14 you know um you know you can't put supplements in gyms you can't uh you know whatever i just never bought all that you know you can't connect people's computers why let's connect them okay we did it with peer-to-peer -peer software then we did it with myspace so you know, well, we connected everybody, no question about it. Um, don't tell me you can't do it. Right. I mean, not saying it was social media was the best thing, 
I will ever be associated with in my life. <laughs> to me, what I would like to run from the most. Well, you um, see about you doing it your way, that really kind of ties together the most recent and epic thing that Gina and I were like, go Chuck, about, which was, you know, after the more, more recent, sh you know, shutdowns through social efforts that you guys were making, you know, and man, it was like watching Gina as a man in 30 years, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Just pumped up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just how how it's not okay, and it doesn't matter if you're Google or Amazon or Facebook. Like, no, no. I mean censorship. Again, I'm not saying people have the right or should have the right to say anything they want about anything. That's not what freedom of speech is. Right. I mean, as far as I know, we've spent a couple hundred years adjudicating what free speech is, and I think we, from a from a legal level, we have a pretty good idea what free speech is right now. Yeah. Um, why not just apply that to cannabis? Um, yeah. You know, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. You know, the fact that you're actually, you know, you shouldn't have to blank out the word weed in a song so right. that it can be heard on a public channel. You shouldn't have to censor anybody using a weed related product when it's legal in their particular jurisdiction. All right. Wow. Um, you know, maybe some type of, uh, uh, Fogwa would be illegal here in the U.S. where it wouldn't be in in uh, in France. Mm -hmm. But if somebody was eating it in France, the screen shouldn't go black. Right. You know? And it wouldn't. If it was cannabis, the screen would go black. It's really you know? it's really poured over to other things. I have a, a beauty artist I like to watch, and she has a Facebook plug to it through her lives and stuff. And they started bleeping out. She she does true crime stories. She talks about true crimes that include things like killing people. <laughs> they blurb out the word kill and murder in her stories. And I was like, but this is like, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to. I mean, I, it's, a, it's a word about something that happened. They were killed or and or murdered. Like, um, okay, this is where we're at. Yeah. So. And next, they're going to start substituting. For kill, they're going to put hug. So, you know, yeah, he, he came up behind her and hugged her. You know, I mean, again, they're making up. I mean, again, I know. By censoring the narrative, they're making up the narrative. Right. Right. And why, you know, the two things that the American public seems paranoid over are, are cannabis and sex. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, not even Everybody's sex. Cannabis it. and the physical body <laughs> yeah right right we we there after all of this revolution and burning bras like how the hell do we end up here again uh, god forbid you show a boob or a butt cheek you know your accounts doesn't matter if you have if you've crafted four years of stuff if accidentally had a, a nip slip on your account you're banned forever you know, right. in your whole unless career you have song of the year on the Grammys, right? Right. <laughs> or, or you happen to get caught smoking cannabis on somebody's page. You know what right. I mean? And then all of a sudden, you know, if you don't think there's cross communication, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm telling you that right now. If you've offended, if you've offended the senses here, here, and here mm -hmm. by doing something as as horrifyingly terrible as. Uh, using a vape cartridge with cannabis, okay? Oh my Lord, that has got to be the beginning of the end if we allow that to be seen on social media, somebody using a vape cartridge. Well, if you lose your account for that, you have to understand, you, 
these sites are communicating with each other. You have a naughty person score. Right. No, that's we it. Did. It's, 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 do. it's not been talked about, yeah. but I'm here to tell you it's a real thing. It and, is. And, you know, define naughty as, you know, I, 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 I score high on IQ tests. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that's just, so people always said you're, you're super intelligent because you get the super score. And I said, no, I'm just think a lot like Wexler or, you know, or Stanford Binet, you know, right. or, you know, yeah. like Dr. Binet at Stanford, you know, mm-hmm. I just think a lot like them. So I appear to be really smart. You, you hand me some schematics and questions and I'm going to look like the dumbest ass on earth. Okay. You hand me some some eggs and flour and cooking ingredients. <laughs> I'm gonna not look so smart until I figure out it's just chemistry, and then I go along with it. You know what I mean? But but you know, you're 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 really situationally intelligent. You know, and and what they're doing right now is they're defining the experience for people, yeah. and they're saying think like us, yeah. or if you, don't, you are an outcast. You're right. an outlier. We are not going to give you a voice if you don't think like us. And my point is, you know what? It's just not fair. I'm not you, you know, just like you're not me. And if I want to show a butt cheek and I'm not doing something particularly pernicious to the federal government or horrifying to, I simply showed off my tattoo on my butt. I shouldn't lose my account. And obviously I'm not saying this happened to me because nobody's following me for my incredible personality and good looks. Okay. But if I show up a tattoo on my budgie and I lose four years of building a business, right? That's not fair. No. Like you let me down, you know, and all performance and you guys have heard this out of me a thousand times. All performance comes down to a simple, multiplicative equation. It's competency times motivation times organizational support. I would say to anybody who wanted to build a career in social media right now, don't do it because you're never going to get organizational support. You might be the most competent person. You might be the most motivated person. You're going to do it 10 times a day, every day, which is by the way, what you got to do, but, but you're never going to have organizational support within that social media platform. So you know what? Don't do it. Right. All right. Yeah, you definitely um, don't put all your eggs in that one basket. No, because sure. you're going to find that you are just yeah. another casualty and there sooner or later they're going to get around to you. And believe me, I know the stories because people call me up and say, how the hell could this happen? Like I'm supposed to know right. how, <laughs> how algorithms run today because, you know, because I was intermixed back in 2003, you know what I mean? Right. MySpace. Um, you know, I don't know how the hell this stuff works. If I'd be pretending if I said it did, but I do can tell you there is a shadow. <laughs> there is a shadow map running behind all this that's saying, oh, they did this, this, and this, this, and this, this, where on Snapchat, where it doesn't even matter because they're right. not going to take you off. But you know what? You do the least little thing on Instagram, you're done. Boom. But it's because of that shadow map follows you around. Right. And believe me, it's there. Oh, it goes everywhere with you. 100%. Yeah. You know, so 100%. Um, that's where we're at. All right. I, oh, you kind of brought this up before inadvertently. But <laughs> what, what superpower would you choose if you could have any superpower? <laughs> oh, definitely. I would, you know, that 
that super, I'm not sure what superhero it was, but uh, they could get you to think <laughs> in a different manner. <laughs> you know I, mean? I, I would become Canna Man. You know, I am Canna Man. And I don't want to affect the way you think Canna about man. rearing your child or about the Yankees, you know, or about the <laughs> Chicago Bears. Uh, Gene, I don't want you not to be a Chicago Bear fan. Okay, but I do want people to think intelligently about cannabis. So if I, I literally mean this. If I could have a super superpower right now, even more than turning, uh, you know, a bottle of water into gold. All right. I would literally want to be able to, to have people listen to intelligence about cannabis and actually integrate it as, as part of their platform. That's how cannabis is important to me right now. It is literally crawling through every thought and every bit of my life. And it's a, and it's a great thing. I mean, the plant chose me to be an advocate and I believe that much of what I did in my life, whether it be learning about, you know, medicine and the human body, whether it be marketing, you know, nutritional products to the 25 billion plus range, whether it be, you know, and no matter what, I think everything all led up to this moment where I'm here to help cannabis. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I really truly believe that. So it permeates every step of my life in every way. No, and, and Gina and I, I think kind of without knowing you personally when we first met you, this is kind of what has drawn us to, you know, being part of this team and stuff. It's that yeah. continue. It, it's it's really the fundamental piece that we all share yeah. very passionately and equally, you know. Um, we have to get you a Canaman t-shirt now. Yeah. <laughs> or a yeah, but, I'm not sure. What but, do you mean? You know, Canaman <laughs> has unconditional love for cannabis. Yeah. Meaning I, I still love it, even though I know it's not going to uh, make me 30 years younger. Right. You know, it's not going to eliminate the wrinkles from my forehead. Yeah. You know, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to, uh, you know, turn my dog's gray hair back into black or whatever. You know, yeah. I know what it's going to do. I love it unconditionally. It, it doesn't have to prove everything to me. I love it for what it is. And that's what, what can a man would fly around and sprinkle you know the the can of dust on everybody saying you know yeah. this is a great thing you know see if it's right for you i'm not i don't even want i don't even want to affect people to become a user i just want them to give it a fair shake yeah give it a shot that's all and if, if it's not for you it's not for you yeah i get it you know um you know shrimp isn't for me people will sit at the table and just say are you allergic to it no i just don't like it is it the texture? No, I just don't like it. Is it the smell? No, I just don't like it. Is it the name? No, I just don't like it. Um, you know, other people for mushrooms. They just don't like mushrooms. But, you know, is it the texture? No, I just don't like mushrooms. Um, you know, we, we can have those feelings, you know what I mean? That we just don't like it. It doesn't mean shrimp are bad and shouldn't be consumed by other people or mushrooms are bad. And being, if you reject cannabis in your life for whatever reason, yeah. you know, like, like you're flying planes, you're, you know, driving people around the city, you're, you know, I mean, whatever reason, or you just don't like it, you know, yeah. or you just don't believe in it, whatever it is. If you give it a fair shake, that's all, that's all can a man wants to do. Yeah. All right. Can a man wants to say, you know, he wants to drop down and say, Give cannabis a fair shake in your life. <laughs> there I go. One. And if okay. you don't like it, don't try to stab other people. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, exactly. 
you know? That's can of woman who comes along and says that. So you need a can of woman t-shirt now for yourself. <laughs> um, I think my last is my last one. Yeah. So, um, I think I'm going further and further down in the chair. I look like I'm shrinking. Can of man's tired. That's just me. No, it's just me being can of cool. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's always this debate uh, in social media since you were just talking about it. Toilet paper over or under on the wheel? Oh, I'm going to go. your answer wisely. I'm going to go with no opinion. <laughs> awesome, good answer, solid answer. All right, so <laughs> to wrap it up, what is your greatest achievement so far? Um. I think being able to be part of a life full of love and laughter I think oh, beautiful. Is, is what my greatest achievement is among everything. And I could say I've had wonderful achievements. My daughter is a great achievement. I mean, she's a wonderful human being, um, you know, very intelligent young person doing, you know, amazing things that she wants to do for herself and her life and, and for other people. Um, you know, there's so many things that I've done, but I, I really believe at this moment in time, answering that question, it's really being able to be a productive, um, supportive, helpful member of a community that's based on love and laughter. Beautiful. Uh, you know, yeah. who, who knew that laughter was so important in life? I didn't. Yeah. I really didn't. You know, I, I could laugh at a funny joke. Yeah. Um, I could watch a comedy movie and be happy. Yeah. You know, um, I, you know, who knew though, really, that yeah, laughter was so important in life. Yeah, Lois and I have always said that. Like, if we didn't have our sense of humor, if we weren't able to laugh, like, I, I can't imagine where either one of us would be. Yeah, it yeah. really, you know, what? It, when you say that, Chuck, it is really to me, you know, in my, you know, sitting around campfire thoughts, you know, it's, you know, my deeper night, but it's again, it's about the human experience. And those are those, those are the two things. Again, we're not gonna have kids, we're not gonna have this jobs, whatever, but at the end, uh, the human experience. These are two very core things, you know, love and laughter um, that that really help to perpetuate that kind of an experience, you know, the human one. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. laughter is critical. I try and bring it into work. You know, I try and bring it into, you know, just normal interactions. I try and 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 obviously, you know, every waking minute, you've got to you've got to be ready to bend over side splitting laughter. Yeah. You know? 100%. Um, and that's why I love Delta 8 so much because Delta 8 makes everything fun. Yeah. This makes you know? sense now when you, yeah. when you were writing about it and the, the heart, like the core focus of just like the lightning of laughter, the lightning of life, the lightning of situations, um, you know, this is all coming together now. Yeah, definitely. What yeah. difference does it make if it's really funny to the masses? If it's funny <laughs> to you and it releases, yeah. you know, all yeah. that emotion in you and you're bent over laughing you know what? Props to Delta 8 for making that happen. Oh, Maybe yeah. it wouldn't have made me that funny or made me feel that funny if I was on broccoli. You know? right. <laughs> Laughing people are like, you know, less likely to be hurting people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's so no doubt about that. I mean, serial killer mindset, you know, you, know, you could you could ask anybody familiar with people with parties where you're drinking versus parties where you're using marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot less violence at that marijuana party than at that alcohol party. There's a lot less drama 
at that marijuana party than that alcohol party, you know, for no question about it. I mean, that's for sure. sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. For definitely. Uh, well, oh my gosh. Chuck, thank you yeah, so man. much. Thank you so much. Um, and we, we would like to extend the invitation for another time because there's so much. Yeah, we, didn't I mean, we can't just talk to you for six hours. Like there's we want so to. much we want to talk about. We want to, you know, bring to our community and just, you know, let them let them get to know you a little more and let them get to know how much, you know, why we we adore you and why, you know, you're such a huge part of our everyday life. And it just we're so proud. Yeah. And in so our proud. yeah. And in our position, just being able to share you with people that, you know, are looking for guidance, you know, they they want to be in this space so bad, their hearts there, they, you know, but they're discouraged for the schmutz and the, the gray and all the bullshit. Um, you know, they're looking to connect with people that can take them, you know, and give them some good guidance and advice and show them, you know, something alternative. You know, there a lot of people are investing their life savings or investing all of you know everything they have, and especially in times like now, like, you know, there's really some advantageous people out there, you know. Well, and Chuck coming from a, a non-cannabis background. Yeah. I mean, you weren't just the guy that used cannabis for the last four years, so now it's time to get no. into the cannabis industry. It was the exact opposite. No. And that's going to really speak to people. That that's gonna, you know, yeah. make people listen to your words. You know, that my my crew on LinkedIn who really don't understand this plant and don't know why someone in their 40s or 50s or 60s should even start to use this plant. And yeah. you know, hearing it from not just Lo and I, but hearing it from you and that experience, I think is crucial to this movement. No. And we have some I mean, with like now experientially, yeah. I can give so much input to people that I couldn't have just from an academic perspective. So yeah. I, I'm, a, I, I'm more rounded as an education. And fortunately, it's easier to learn it academically and then move into a user perspective than learn about it as a user and then move it into an academic perspective with it. Right. It's way more difficult to do that. So well I'm, said. you know, I'm, I'm happy that I've took, I've taken this journey. Um, and you know, it wouldn't be possible without, you know, people like you out there educating people, you know, and, and I'm always happy to come on. I'm always happy to help. If you can, if you can get people to adore me, though, you actually have some powers because <laughs> I'm certain that's not going to happen. But I'm always stand ready to tell people the truth and to to help them, you know, with this plant and other plants that you know may interact positively with it, whether it be something that's esoteric that they never heard of or something that they could go to their refrigerator and pull out. Um, you know, I'm always happy to help. Where would, if somebody wanted to, you know, I mean, we haven't even, even touched surface or scratched surface on no, no, no. product development. I mean, the things that you're doing currently, you know, regarding even just D8 and all of these things, but where would we refer people to most consistently to kind of see some of that side of it, products that have been developed, um, you know, what website or where would um, we you know, Probably arisha.light. Okay. Okay. I would think Arisha. Like dot light. There. You've got all kinds of stuff in there. And, that, and that's not, you know, that's not a, you know, the, the be all and end all in terms of products out there, but a lot of it's there. If you want an easy jumping off point. Um, that yeah, like we're really able to scratch the surface with some of these things that were the experience you bring in with the terpenes. But I mean, all of this, right. this it's just so sitting there. for people. Yeah, and, and that's where the real educative value is, you know, versus chatting yeah, um, about how you get into the field or something like that. If people want life-changing advice, we need to be talking about terpenes and different things right. like that. Oh yeah, um, because those can be life-changing for sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you again for your time. Thank you, Chuck. No problem. You, Keep up the good work, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Chuck. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye.
Okay, let's go here. Oh my God. I know, right? You know, guys, we, we've talked to you so many times about Chuck. Like we've brought him up in yeah. every single episode. So we were dying for you guys to actually meet him. I mean, you saw it. You saw it for over an hour. Like yeah. there's nothing this man has not done in his life. And what he showed us and, you know, the depths of his knowledge and coming from the medical background into the natural world. And it's we've, Yeah, we've really, incredible. besides like the camaraderie of a team um, and really just finding like the right types of relationships to yeah. that fuel each other, you know, like there's like a dissolution of ego in this group. There's a 25 billion in sales. And you just, we just talked to him like no, he was our neighbor. Right. There, he is, he, yeah. there's, there's no ego involved there. I mean, at all. And it's, it's a place where we get to be our most creative. We can be our most yeah. adventurous selves because of this powerful space, this mind behind this team, you know, he's that's, a force. He's like, a force. yeah, I like mean, it's, it's, intense. it's, a, it's an interesting balance of, you know, teacher, uh, but uh, what's the other leader, word? leader, yeah. like it's, it's this real, like the team captain, like a true way where it's not enough of. right. Like it's true leader, yeah. you know, where it's, it's the, you know, understanding that people below and the people that are auxiliary to your experiences are so pivotal and important. Um, but being able to like lay that out, you know, yeah, and this is what we talk to you guys about. Like, you yeah. know, we're here for you. Like you just said, you know, if, if there's yeah. something you want to know, if there's something you're confused about, something you just aren't sure about, a, a topic, a subject, questions, whatever it is, reach out to us. Let us yeah. know. We will talk about it all. The, the cannabis is so complex, right? So there's, you know, there's when we open we're up our day, scratching the surface. I mean, right. And we any day, any given day, we open up a mailbox and mm -hmm. we're in 30 different directions because sure. everybody's in a different place in this space. Um, you know, from a consumer and edu education all the way through manufacturing and product right. development. I mean, you know, so again, I know sometimes we kind of bounce around in, in topic, but that's because that's what that looks like every day for us. It's a bounce yeah. around a topic. Um, and it really helps us to highlight, you know, the struggles, the successes, et cetera, with people in this space. So no, I love, yeah. So, for the day of the happy hour. Yes, formerly <laughs> known as hump day. Hump day. Yeah. Uh, Later, thank you Cal. all very much, whether you are listening yeah. or watching. <laughs> we appreciate you. We assure you. Yeah. Thank you for coming to hang out at the beach with us. Me too. And we will see you next Wednesday. Yes. For love. For love. All right. Hello, everyone, Hi. and welcome to this week's episode. <laughs> welcome to this week's episode of the Hempy Hour. I am one of your hosts, Gina Mama Epps, Lois Carter, and Itchy Epps, who apparently now is part of the Hempy Hour. Right. We give him two. He did two episodes, and, and he's now out of control. He's, I think yeah, it's his show. It's his show. Uh, speaking of shows, oh. today's show we are very excited about. Um, we mentioned Chuck to you guys, I think, every week. So every we week, yeah. Every time we get an opportunity to squeeze him in the conversation, we take full advantage we of We love him. We love him. He yeah. is like head honcho on our team, just a wealth of knowledge. And he was a doctor, and he's a scientist, and he's this, that, and the other. And yeah. we've been dying to introduce him to you guys. So we have a nice, long podcast where we get to talk about 
all that is Chuck science and yeah. how he's with our team and what brought him to cannabis and, you know, just a little bit about what we do. Yeah, about. right. How we, how we integrated everything that we were doing and how the universe is, you know, turned and put us all each other's brought us all together. Brought us all together. Uh, yeah. So let's bring in Chuck. Uh, Chuck Science, we're going Chuck with us today. <laughs> All right, here he comes. 